Welcome to this episode of Sunday Reprise, where we bring the church to you and deliver nothing but the truth. Brought to you by Maranatha Family Church International Ministries in Davao City, Philippines. We hope this message will bless you. Let's go. Yes, uh, we're excited to share with you our next uh, topic, which is actually a continuation with uh, last Sunday's topic. <clears throat> okay, by the way, last Sunday, uh, our topic was entitled Living on Purpose. Okay, and the first scripture we read was Acts 13.36. Now, when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep, he was buried, and his ancestors, with his ancestors. Uh, with his ancestors and his body decayed. Okay, unlike Christ, his body did not see decay. But the thing is, uh, with that uh, passage of Scripture, that means God made sure that David served his purpose during his lifetime. I mean, during his generation. Yes. Okay, he served his purpose on earth before he was taken home. Okay, so don't die until... Uh, you have served your purpose, purpose in your own generation. Amen? Uh, <clears throat> so we discussed with you the three main purposes in life according to the Bible, uh, which is uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as, as yourself. yourself. And number two, love the, your brethren okay, uh, as, as he loved us. Okay? Meaning you say love your, your fellow uh, brethren, I mean in Christ, brethren in Christ. In the and, household of faith. Yes. And number three, to win souls and disciple them. So like we said, there's so many purposes that we can find in Scripture, but then we only focused on three, okay? Which uh, is what we believe is general. It applies to everybody. So everybody must, okay, practice these three, loving the Lord, loving uh, each other, uh, and and souls. yes, disciple, and disciple making. Okay, so we must not miss that call, that purpose that God has laid on us. Okay, so always remember the Great Commission. Now, uh, that is, and then we concluded the message last week with with this application. Uh, we expounded on this. Number one, reconnect. That's why there is a need for us to reconnect again. Okay to join in, to get in touch, link up, communicate with, the, with the, your, your home group leaders. You know, uh, number two, assemble, okay? We need to gather again to meet, etc. And then, so that we can start serving the Lord again, okay? In the new normal. Meaning to say, uh, uh, we are innovating the way we do ministry because we believe that uh, the pre-pandemic ministry, I mean, the methods that we apply during before. the pre, before the pandemic may not be uh, effective. No, yeah, not applicable, may not be efficient and effective in a pandemic or in a post-pandemic uh, setting. setting. Okay, so we believe that. That's why we're excited to envision the church, although this is not the place to envision the, 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 the church, the Maranatha family church, because we know that there are many others who are watching us online, okay? So that is why we're trying to uh, uh, make adjustments or... or Context, what, contextualize. Yes, so that, you know, everybody who are listening, who will be listening to our uh, messages online, okay, can connect, can identify, okay? So today's message... Uh, I want to follow up, by the way, on the uh, on I, or I want to give emphasis on the word assemble. Remember, what do we need to do? Uh, what's that again? Reconnect and then assemble and then serve. So, uh, which phone is that? I think that's your phone. Somebody's calling, please. Uh, okay. Uh, where am I? Uh, okay. So, why do we have to fellowship? Okay. So. Again, the title is Church With or Church Without Fellowship, okay? The subtitle for this is The Necessity to Fellowship in Church. I originally wrote The Necessity of Fellowship in Church or in the Church, but I realized, you know, uh, uh, using the word to instead of of, 
is much better. The necessity to fellowship in church. Okay, so it's necessary because you see the dilemma nowadays is uh, that this uh, pandemic brought the, the body of Christ is that, I mean, due to the long quarantine period, uh, the, the church has developed a new habit, okay? Uh, right now, we don't wake up early, right, Ate Pauline? <laughs> Most <laughs> Why? Because, you know, there is no physical church, okay? Most uh, of, you know, uh, churches are doing their services online, especially if you live in Davao City, okay? <laughs> or in other cities that uh, uh, the the the... The restriction is really high due to the cases, okay, of uh, COVID-19. So, <clears throat> and so we have to adjust, okay, to the to the times. Um, so that is why I believe this topic is very important, okay, the necessity to fellowship in church because uh, we need to understand what the biblical church is about or what did God intend, okay? The in God's intention to His church. What is His uh, original design and intention, okay? So let us study that. I Please stay with us. It's both basic and not so basic, okay? Because we're going to, to uh, introduce to you uh, terms, okay? New terminologies, for fellowship in a Jewish context. So I hope you're excited. Okay, let's study that. So, but first, I have questions, okay? Questions, so uh, you have something to think about. It's a food for thought. It's, so, number one, can, can we, we fellowship outside the biblical church context or boundary? Okay, can we do that? What do you think? Can we fellowship? Yes. Yes, we can, okay? Okay. Uh, all right. So, unless you, unless uh, you will hear the whole topic today, and maybe you you will realize that uh, what is church and what's not church. Okay. Uh, some people think that they're doing church because that is uh, they were brought up in you know in in that type of practice uh, to do church, but it's not. You know. So anyway. Uh, number two, can um, we can we do the biblical church without fellowshipping with each other? So can we can we do church without you know without fellowshipping? No. Without the fellowship part, okay? Later, you know. <laughs> All right. The third one is: Can we do online ministry forever? I think yes. We can continue to do online uh, online church. We can continue this Sunday live forever. As okay. long as, as, long as we are allowed to. Ate Pauline and Kuya John yes. around forever. <laughs> uh, yes, we can, but it is, is it what God intended the church to be? To be. Okay. Is that what God intended the church to be? I mean, to be online forever? Well, Let's see. Okay, so now, which is more essential, attending church service or fellowshipping with the church mates later? Hmm. Both. Both? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, first, let us address this question. Okay, why we should attend church regularly? Okay, why is it necessary to attend church? Okay is uh, let's uh, okay next page okay why we should attend church regularly can you do that first is the lord jesus christ mm -hmm. and the apostle paul attends church faithfully or regularly okay so both the lord and the apostle paul they set the example making uh, by making a habit okay to of faithfully attending the corporate church okay in their case, that's in a synagogue setting, okay? Because in the Philippines, we don't use the term synagogue, but in in their, uh, in, in Israel, uh, the church is their, the synagogue. So uh, Luke chapter 4, verse 14, let's jump to verse 16. 
he went to Nazareth, I mean, Jesus went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. Okay? He stood up to read. Okay? Then he read the book of Isaiah. But anyway, uh, it was his custom. Okay? What's another word for custom? It's something that you do regularly. What? It's a tradition. So it's, it's, it's a practice. It's, it's a habit. Okay, it's the usual thing. Meaning to say, Jesus, he usually attends church. It's their norms. Yeah, it's, it's their norms. Okay, how about the Apostle Paul? Now, we have Acts chapter 17, verse 1. Uh, when Paul and his companions has passed through Amphipolis, Amphipolis and, and Apollonia, okay. they came to Thessalonica, where there was a Jewish synagogue. Verse 2, as was his custom, mm -hmm. Paul went into the synagogue, and on three Sabbath, Sabbath days, he reasoned with them from the scriptures. Yes. Verse 3, explaining and proving that the Messiah had to suffer and mm -hmm. rise from the dead. This Jesus I am proclaiming to you is the Messiah, he said. So both the Lord Jesus Christ and the Apostle Paul did the same thing, okay? So uh, like I said a while ago, they set the example, okay, of making the habit to faithfully attend church. Hallelujah. I believe, I believe all the disciples did. did of course, uh, following their Messiah. master, yes. okay? Okay, the, their mentor, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so for today's, Church, okay? Uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 to 25. I know this is common, uh, common uh, scripture. It says, um, Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, okay? Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more, as you see the day approaching, you see, even during their time, you know, that's around 2,000 years ago, okay, during their time, okay, uh, they believe that the day of the Lord is approaching, okay, it's near, okay, the coming of the Lord is very near. Mm. So how much more today, okay? <laughs> If it's near before, it's nearer today, right? So the thing is this. So the more we are encouraged to fellowship so that we can uh, encourage or, or influence one another or spur one another towards love and good deeds, okay? Not giving us so we can fellowship uh, and then what else? So we can do the, our ministry towards one another. To, to one another. Now, in Jewish New Testament commentary by David H. Stern, in verse 25, it says, not neglecting our congregational meetings. In Greek, how do you read that? Episonagogen. Okay. Gohen, That's the Greek word for that, which means a gathering, assembling. Okay. One could render the phrase, not neglecting to synagogue, synagogue ourselves together. together. That's the Jewish so context. Going to okay. the so they have to go to synagogue. Just like Jesus, just like the Apostle Paul, okay? And the New Testament, all those uh, believers during the time of Jesus, even after the ascension, they were encouraged. That's why the book of Hebrews was written first for them, okay? And it says, Hebrews chapter 10, they were encouraged not to neglect the congregational meetings. Hallelujah. Hillel said, do not separate yourself from the community. So another word that is being used here is the word community. Now I'm going to uh, introduce to you why they use the word community. They have a Hebrew word for that, okay? Uh, anyway, uh, many believers not only neglect to meet regularly with a congregation of believers, but suppose it unnecessary, meaning to say they think fellowship is non-essential. Okay, so to some believers, even during those days, uh, this community, this gathering, this fellowship is not, is not non-essential. Okay, that is why Hebrews chapter 10 was written to remind believers that fellowship is indeed essential. That's okay, right. so right today, we're trying to expound it to you. 
So, friends, ladies and gentlemen, God expects believers to assemble together on a regular basis to worship Him, to honor Him, so we can serve one another, okay? In, or, or encourage one another, alright? So, that uh, I hope um, you have a revelation that it, this is the, the model, the example that Jesus showed us during his time. Yes, now, especially during the time that uh, they were in hiding because they were persecuted. Uh -huh. So the more they need encouragement from one another, the more uh, they need to gather themselves yes. so that they too will be strengthened. Yes. And they will be refreshed. Yes, that's right. Because if you read the book of Acts, you can see the authorities, you know, are chasing them, looking for them. And they were commanded, commanded not to preach on the name of Jesus. Mm. But the apostles said, hey, we will obey God rather than man. Okay, so you see, uh, that's their scenario during that time. And, okay, they still kept on meeting, meeting. okay? They kept the faith. Yes. They, they serve one another. They continue to, to gather. They yes. They continue to serve. They continue to, to win more souls. That's right. <laughs> there was revival, okay? So they, they gathered in, uh, the Bible says, from house to house, bread, doing uh, communion. Yes. And at the same time, they also gathered in the temple courts, okay? So it's a huge place. But anyway, uh, so the, the point that we want to drive to you, friends, is that fellowship is essential. Amen? Amen. Even during the time of persecution, okay? They were persecuted by the religious leaders during that time. You read the book of Acts, okay? So you will see uh, the, the height of that persecution, Okay? If you are a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ and, and, and you, you talk, you preach about the gospel, you will be persecuted. Okay? Alright, so now uh, I would like to go deeper. Uh, let us uh, look into a deeper definition for the word fellowship. So remember, we were, uh, we're, we're discussing the, the Hebrews chapter 10, okay, where fellowshipping or coming to church is a command okay it's it's a command did we read that one yes yes we did that's number two the habit of regularly going to church is a command okay so uh, you can see that on your screen it's a command so because it's a command we would like to look into that word fellowship okay so we can Obey the command in the right manner, okay? So, in English, the word fellowship is fellowship, of course, but it meant friendship. It meant what? Togetherness. Togetherness. What else? Uh, Mutual support. Yes. Association or, or group of people who, who share. share the same interests. Yes. Okay? Um, in Greek, the word fellowship is koinonia, Okay, which means Christian fellowship or communion with God and or with their fellow Christians. Okay, so that's koinonia. So whether you use the word fellowship in English or koinonia, it means the same thing. But the Hebrew language is, is different. You know, even the, 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 the characters, the alphabets, okay, mm. it, it has an equivalent number. Uh, meaning, meaning, symbolism, so and it all connects. Okay, so I I started to to study uh, Hebrew, uh, what they call this, the the alphabet, alphabet and the meaning. But you see, I I I quit because <laughs> there's so much to memorize. <laughs> I'm not like Doctor Michael Brown who can you know <laughs> put in everything together in his uh, brain. So anyway. As long as I can understand English, I think I, I'm good. So anyway, uh, where are we? Uh, the Hebrew word for fellowship, they have two words for fellowship, by the way. The first one is hard to pronounce. Okay, can you read Hit. that one? Uh, le let me... Uh, Hitkabrut. 
Hit Hit Kabrut. Maybe if Ati Casey is here, he can. She can help us. Okay. So anyway, it means association, attachment bond, or joining, or you be enjoined. A, a connection or a fellowship. Okay, that's the first meaning. But for me, the way they use hit brut. Okay, like uh, that. Uh, by context, in Second Corinthians thirteen fourteen and First John one seven, it's more of a fellowship between two people or between a few individuals or between you and the Holy Spirit. Okay, so. If you read Second uh, Corinthians, it says, "May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship and the hit kabrut of the Holy Spirit be with you all." Okay, so this is the the communion of the Holy Spirit. So it's it's intimate, right? First uh, John one seven says, "But if we walk in the light, as is He is in the light, we have fellowship. We have hit kabrut." <laughs> With one another and the blood of Jesus, His Son purifies us from all sin. So with one another. So so they use the word hit kabrut. Okay, I we hope we pronounce it correctly. Okay, but then there is another word which I'd like to emphasize more today. It's havra, but it's spelled kavura. Havura. But it's pronounced as hav. How do you pronounce Havura. it? Havura. Havura. Okay, it comes from the Hebrew word kaver, meaning friend. So it's the same with the word fellowship or koinonia. It means friendship. Okay, it's havra, or it's a small group of people, usually fifteen to twenty people, who what? Who meet on a regular basis and engage in learning, socializing. And developing a deeper feeling of friendship and community. So we have two scriptures here, so you can look, you can check. Okay, a havura provides a unique opportunity for personal growth, involvement, friendship, and a feeling of true belonging. So you feel you belong because now it's a group. A group with a purpose. Okay, it's something you have in common. So you see, it's still the word fellowship, but they have a specific use or purpose for it. That's why, if you read the New Testament in their version, in their context, they interchange interchangeably use. Use. The 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 these two terms used for fellowship, okay. So let's look at Acts chapter two forty two. Sweetheart, can you read that one? It says they they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. Yes. So that's the word what? That's the word koinonia, which means they are participating. Okay, but the same. At the same time, uh, the Jew, Jewish people use the word havura, okay? People who meet on a regular basis. Why do they do that? So to listen to the what? To the apostles' teaching. It's like a mini Bible school, okay? Look, can you read this again for them? Acts 2, 42. The first they, part. They devoted themselves. Cut. Again, they devoted themselves. So, if you try to understand, it's not that they set a meeting. Okay, let's listen to 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 the what these apostles have to say on a specific day. Let's have a seminar. Let's have a conference. No, 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 no. It's not like that. But it's a regular basis. Okay, and this requires each one of them. Okay, to I mean to meet regularly. Demands commitment to every member. Okay, they call it the havurut members. The havurut members. If you're a member of this group, havura, then you need to have this character called commitment. You you must be committed. You must be faithful. Okay, why? Because you have to meet regularly 
to learn from the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the Break breaking of bread and to prayer. prayer. So, you see, friends, these are the four things we need to devote ourselves with. Okay? Four things. Number one, apostles' teaching, fellowship, breaking, breaking of bread, and prayer. You see? A person who does not have commitment, okay, it's not, if commitment is not in their system, they will not last. Amen? So, here, my friend, you have to understand that there is that group, okay, the, the, the grouping uh, that meets regularly, okay, they call it the Havura. Now, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 1.9, same thing, uh, the word Havura, God is faithful. Now, this is one of the phrases that I like, you know, I, I keep on reminding myself about. Sometimes I remember when I jog, I run, I exercise, I look up to the skies. Even whether it's night or day, I look up and say, God, you are faithful. I know you are faithful. I know I can trust you because you are faithful. See, the Bible says, 1 Corinthians 1, it says, God is faithful. Friends, remember that He is faithful. Amen. Amen. To all His promises, He is faithful. He is there. Okay, He will not leave us nor forsake. Now, let's continue. God is faithful who has called you into Fellowship. What? Fellowship or koinonian. Okay, in Greek or havra. Okay, with His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Okay, let me read that again. It says, God is faithful who has called you into fellowship with His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. So listen up, friends. We were called to fellowship. With who? With the Lord Jesus Christ. Meaning to say, we are called to become partakers of His suffering, of His victory, of, of, of you know, the benefits of the cross, because we were called by the Lord Jesus Christ. So now we are called into fellowship. We have fellowship because of what he did in the cross, because of the gospel. So here's the, the thing, my friend. Not just a fellowship because, uh, you know, through Jesus Christ, we, we became friends with God. Okay? Mm. Uh, we, 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 have, we were reconciled to God through the Lord Jesus Christ. And so now we, are, we participate. Okay? We are participants, so we have this havura, but at the same time, we are called to because we, we have relationship with Him. Now, uh, there is an ongoing relationship, so we, we are called to fellowship. We are called to spend time with His presence. We are called to worship Him. We are called to communicate. We are called to pray. Mm. Why do we communicate with God? Because we have relationship. Okay? Since when did this relationship started? When... He called us and we responded, okay? <laughs> Hallelujah. When we believe, we were sealed with the mark, okay? We sealed of the Holy Spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing our salvation. salvation. So, friends, this is good news for us because He called us to fellowship with His Son, Jesus Christ. So, combining all the scriptures we we read, okay, that we get the idea that we were called to be in fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ and with the brethren, with the brethren or with one another. So fellowship, uh, are, uh, John, um, I think the fellowship is the union we have with Christ and with each other. That's right. Amen? Hallelujah. Ah, it's there. Okay, thank you. So fellowship is the union we have with Christ and with each other. So it's a community of believers unified by a common interest, sharing common faith and vision. vision. Hallelujah. So 
in a kavura, in a fellowship, we experience an authentic community, okay? Where, where you know when you have a problem, you have friends that you can run to, okay? Mm. People will listen to you. You can pour out whatever, you know, if you're hurting, you know, hallelujah. We need that. We need a community. That is why doing online church is good because you can minister to more people because on, to be online, to, to, to have a platform online, it's like a church without boundaries. It's a church without a walls. But something is lacking. We cannot do a kavura, right? <laughs> there is no kavura and there is no hit. What's, what's the word again? <laughs> Sorry, huh? Hit ka brut. Hit. Hit ka. Hit ka Okay? There is no attachment bond. There is no intimacy. There's no, no proximity. Connection. Okay? The, the, the connection to, to have proximity, there is no proximity with online things. Okay? We're, we're, you know, I can, we can speak and you're listening. And that's it. <laughs> in between us is the cyberspace <laughs> with all these data and information is being uh, transmitted. transmitted. And that's it. But there is no interaction between us. No intimacy. No intimacy. There is no hit, kabrut, and there is no havura. Amen? Can you say amen to that? Amen. So if we try to understand fellowship in the context of a Jewish mind, okay? In a Jewish context, fellowship is something that cannot be done by doing just internet. Okay, we can do like Zoom, we can do uh, what else? Calls. Calls, uh, video calls, text. Yeah, that, 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 will, that works. But it's different when it's face-to-face. -face. Because when you do it face-to-face, -face, then everything that is associated with the definition, we, the, the Jewish context, you know, can, um, can uh, materialize or can, can happen, can be done. Okay? So, friends, uh, we're almost done. At this point, okay, we've been digging into the word fellowship, okay? So we have in English, what is fellowship in English? That's um, fellowship. fellowship. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Uh, in, 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 Greek, in Greek, it's koinonia. Koinonia. Okay. In how about in, in, in Hebrew? Hebrew, it's hit kabrut. Okay, hit kabrut. And? Or havura. And havura. Okay, so these, these are two things. So we need a hit kabrut. Um, we need that, okay? But we also need the havura, okay? Where we, we can uh, work together as a group, okay? We can come together and study together. Learn. Learn together. That's why the Bible says they devoted themselves. That's Acts chapter 2, right? They to devoted themselves teaching. to the what? To apostles the apostles' teaching. teaching. That's a regular thing. That's why the Great Commission, the Lord Yeshua said in, in Matthew 28, He said, all authority in heaven and earth was given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples, teaching them, baptizing them, them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching, teaching them, them to obey everything. everything I taught you. Teaching them to obey everything. How can you teach everything if it's only in one setting or in a few meetings? No. It took Jesus, you know, or three or three and a half years to be with his disciples and train them. And so how and teach them? And how can you impart a three and a half year uh, long of teaching, life impartation in one setting? You cannot do that. That's why disciple making takes time. It takes years. That's why it says teaching them to obey everything I taught you. The principles that Jesus taught in scriptures must be downloaded, must be imparted to those whom God entrusted to us. So do you understand now how important Havura is? The word fellowship, the word uh, Havura in Hebrew for fellowship, without Havura, we cannot 
meet regularly. There is no regular meeting, no commitment to do that, no commitment to be discipled, to be mentored. Yes, we are not downplaying the teaching online. Yes, because we're doing that too. Yes, <laughs> we can, of course, we can learn from uh, what we hear and see from uh, our, our uh, from the internet. Mm -hmm. But it's different when you are on site because mm -hmm. you there there you can learn from one another. Mm -hmm. You can hear each other's um, opinion yes, and right. and uh, insights. That's right. And revelations, we can learn from another. We can ask questions actually mm -hmm. uh, during on site. And if we have this um, havura, uh, we have this special connection in which that um, you can you can freely ask questions. Yes, because you're comfortable with each other. And learning is more conducive when when we do that. It's what we call the DBS. Because learning by discovering the, the, the insight, new insights and revelation is better, I believe, you know, than, than a formal spoon-feeding type of teaching. Okay? For or me, a classroom type. Or, uh, yeah, for me, I like to uh, do a discovery class okay, where, where I allow uh, the participants to read the same scripture and analyze and observe and then discuss. So by discussing what they read, they can discover the, the goodies, okay? the context behind the scriptures. And that will have a greater and bigger impact in their hearts. Because it's kind of, it, it's like a light that... Uh, that they themselves discovered it. Yes, it's wow. They said, wow, I, I read this so many times, but... They, I did not see this. They got part. the revelation. Yes, yes. So that's what, so that's what we call discovering the the truth. Okay. So know the truth. The truth will set you free, and, and that is why, my friend, uh, you have no one to discuss to without a havura. Okay. That's why in a Jewish, you know, the, the Jews are very good in 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 uh, in making a format on how to study or you know the, the apostles give the 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 message or the teaching but then they study together so when you go to the synagogue remember when we were in israel you know they were there the mm -hmm. men the adults the the fathers the, fathers the teaching, grand teaching their fathers are uh, teaching the 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 younger generation the the youth the the, the sons i tell you studying together Havura is different. It's yeah. so nice. I, you know, we, we, were, we went into this, this uh, one of the synagogue where, who's, uh, who was buried there? And, and I saw this, this, uh, this Jewish people studying scriptures and praying intimately to God. They don't care. Um, Samuel. Samuel, okay. Th oh that place, God, okay. Wow. I said, I was so touched just to see them. I don't understand their language, but just, there was one grandfather, I can see him, I st it's still fresh in my, in my brain, okay, I can still picture him, and he was like, you know, looking up, it was like, almost the, the face was in a figure of, like, crying and loving God at the same time, and then he was, sh uh, he was uh, surprised that there were tourists that passed <laughs> in front of him, and that was us, but the thing is, he does not know the impact of what I saw, okay? With him spending time with God and with the group, having a havura, they're fellowshipping with God and with one another. That was amazing. That was amazing. But anyway, so going back, okay, going back, um, that the uh, I'd like to uh, now. Define the word ecclesia, okay, or the church. Okay, a while ago we were. We um, defined the word defined fellowship. Fellowship. This time ecclesia, okay? That's a common word for the word church, although. It's the, a Greek word. Yes, it's a Greek word. Now, um, uh, I search uh, what is the definition of ecclesia from gotquestions.com. 
the answer is says, it says, understanding the definition of ecclesia and its alternate spelling ecclesia, C, instead of K, they use the uh, letter C, is an important component of understanding the church. Ecclesia is a Greek word defined as a called out assembly, okay, or congregation. Ecclesia is commonly translated as church in the New Testament. Okay, for example, Acts 11.26 says that Barnabas and Saul met with the church. Okay? In Antioch. In Antioch. Uh, the, they use the word ecclesia for church. Okay? So Barnabas and Saul met with the ecclesia in Antioch. Remember the first Christians. The, uh, the first mention of Christian in the Bible is in Antioch. <laughs> in the book of Acts. First church. The first, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, church. So, Ecclesia. So, and in 1 Corinthians 15, 9, Paul says that he had persecuted the church. Okay? The Apostle Paul, before he got born again, he got saved, he was a persecutor of the church. Okay? So, that's 1 Corinthians 15, 9. So, he persecuted the church of God. The called out assembly. It meant the called out assembly. So he persecuted those who have been elected by the Lord. <laughs> okay? So then, uh, it's the congregation of believers whom God has called out of the world. Okay? You were taken out of darkness into his marvelous, marvelous light or wonderful light. That's First Peter 2.9. So uh, there's the church being called out of darkness into God's marvelous light. Now, I added Matthew 16, 18, which says, I will build my church. Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my ecclesian or my church. Or uh, uh, Ephesians 5, 23, as church, as Christ, as Christ is, sorry, the is the head of the church. Okay, So it's like, wives, submit to your husbands. Uh, um, husbands, love your wives. And then wives, submit to your husbands. husbands. Uh, as I forgot. But, but as the church submit to... Or yes, as, as the Christ, wives as submit the, to husband. As Christ so is the head of the, the church. Yes, Christ is the head of the church. Ah, that's right. So Christ is the head of the church. <laughs> this, is, this is why we need to write the content <laughs> of the scriptures, okay? So we don't get lost, you know, or miss... Um, okay, anyway... Uh, as Christ is the head of the ecclesias, the called out ones, or the congregation or assembly of the elect. Now, James 5.14 says, If anyone is sick, let him call the elders of the church, e church or, or ecclesias, the called out ones, the congregation, or the assembly of the saints, assembly of the elect. So again, once again, friends, when, when, whenever you read the word ecclesia, uh, although there's another word, Ecclesia, in the, I do not pertain to Acts chapter 19. So because some have a different context for, for that word in Acts chapter 19 because it's, it's the, like the council, but it's still, still the word is used to mean assembly or council. Okay? But I'm, we're not pertaining to a secular council, so not Acts 19. I am pertaining to the use of Ecclesia in other scriptures in the New Testament with, that points out okay, to the assembly of the elect. So the point, my friend, is this. Okay? Ecclesia is commonly translated as church in the New Testament. You have the scriptures. Ecclesia is the Greek word defined as a called out assembly or congregation. Number three, Ecclesia is synonymous to fellowship. That is one thing that I'd like to uh, emphasize today. We would like to emphasize is that the church and the fellowship. Okay, F church, fellowship, synonymous. They're, they're, they're either the same or almost the same. Of course, they, they differ in spelling. But, but they go but, together. But they go together. Okay, they are intertwined. Okay, they're so connected that when you... That, that if you try to, to uh, understand the word church, it meant fellowship. If you try to study fellowship, it meant church. 
<laughs> okay? So it's like, uh, so a, a person, if, if you mention the word church, and in the mind of the hearer, uh, perceive it as fellowship, it's okay. Okay? It's still the same. Why? Because ecclesia is synonymous to fellowship. When you say the church or ecclesia is a congregation of the called ones. So the called ones, the people, the members of the body of Christ, Christians who are part of the body of Christ, it's what the Bible calls church. We are the church, not the, 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 the physical not, church it's building. building. It's not the building, but we are. Okay? Tayo po yung church. Part tayo. Sa, sa, sa church ng Panginoon as the part of we belong to the body of Christ one body one church okay the church the body of Christ now now here's the thing so it is the congregation of a called ones so we are the called ones we're the church and it, it meant congregation so when when uh, it's collective then you can call it ecclesia but when you get together then it's called Fellowship. So the act of coming together, okay, the the the, the act of uh, assembling ourselves together is what we call what uh, fellowship or ecclesia. So you see, <laughs> it's confusing now because it's almost the same. <laughs> because when you gather together, you are fellowshipping with one another, and. What is that type of gathering? It's called the gathering of the what? The cold ones. The gathering of the what? Believers. Of believers. So, it's a, a congregation of the called out ones or the assembly of the elect or the fellowship of believers in the Lord Jesus Christ is what we call ecclesia. So, when you hear the word ecclesia, it meant church. But what is the church? The church simply meant the called out assembly. You've been called from darkness to his wonderful light. So if we gather as Christians, it's called the church. But when we gather as Christians, what do we have? Fellowship. fellowship. We're fellowshipping with one another. So you see, it's synonymous. So when you say church, you mean fellowship. When you say fellowship, you mean church, the church. Do you understand, friends? I hope you got that. Because, you see, sometimes, if we don't have a biblical foundation for the word church and fellowship, we can water down the real meaning for church or, or, or for even, fellowship. Or even the purpose of, uh, of gathering. Yes. The purpose of, of, of having fellowship with one another mm -hmm. will be defeated. That's right. Because if you don't understand that this is essential, mm -hmm. that the church is essential and fellowship is essential, mm -hmm. then um, kana ma water down ang, ang, yes. ang ginasulti sa, sa Bible. That's right. So, here's the thing, friends. The church is dysfunctional if there is no fellowship. That's right. Without fellowship, the church becomes dysfunctional because it's not functioning correctly. It's not functioning as God designed it to be. Right. right? The church must embrace fellowship to be a functional church. So I, I cannot imagine uh, having or, or meeting together or, or, or the church will meet or the believers will meet together and not have fellowship. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's right. So the church cannot fulfill its purpose if fellowship is not in the picture. If you remove fellowship from the church, it's not church. Amen. Right. Amen. But for now, of course, because of you know what the world went through, so we have to be cautious. We have to follow uh, basic yep. protocols, health protocols. But then, this should not uh, revise <laughs> the original design and intention or, or God's intention toward his church. Amen. Okay? The Lord Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not someone else's church. It's right. his church. Who built it? Is it Peter? No, it's not Peter. 
Peter did not build a church of his own. In fact, it was Jesus who said, I will build my church. So you have to understand that by context. And for Jesus, the church that he assembled, okay, is a church that fellowships. Why? Because we were made for relationships. Okay, now, a while ago, uh, Atilibot and I mentioned that the church is us, the people, mm. the people who belong to Jesus. Okay, we are all members of Christ's body, so we belong to one body. So that's the church. We are the church, not the building. But what about the church that we call, hey, that building over there, that's our church. Okay, here's the thing. We are the church. We are called to what? To fellowship, right? Mm. Since we are called to fellowship, we gather. Where do we gather? In a building. <laughs> That's where the building comes in. Because there is a need for that church, for the called out ones to gather. Unless you want to be outside in the rain or outside uh, under the heat of the sun. You know, that's not a good uh, place to fellowship. So you, you, you'll be dehydrated very fast under the heat of the sun if you fellowship uh, at uh, 40 degrees uh, centigrade. Uh, is that, am I right? <laughs> it's very hot, right? You get sunburned. So there is no good fellowship out there. But you need a building. That's why th this is where the building comes in. But by definition, that's not the church. It's just a building where the church meets. Where the church gathers. So do you understand why Havura is very important? Havura, you go to synagogue, you gather. Okay? So this time, friends, it's, been, it's more than a year now. And we believe, hopefully, by the middle of this year, we're going to meet again. Uh, and uh, since we know that uh, hopefully that the, the restrictions will be, you know, uh, lesser or hopefully will be lifted next year. The quarantine will be lifted next year. Um, and so we're preparing. That's why we're envisioning you. We, we want you to understand the Jewish context of this practice. You, you see, the, the, the Israel, the, the, the Christians in Israel, uh, the the New Testament, okay, what we read in the New Testament is our model. We get our model from, from them. Okay. Okay, so, hallelujah. So, um, where, what else? I, we already mentioned that. So, we can define the church or ecclesia as the congregation of the called out ones or the assembly of the elect, the fellowship of believers. And religious. I, I mentioned that already. Yes. What else? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. We still have one <laughs> slide. Thank you, John. Thank you, John. We have another slide. Uh, but uh, so by definition itself, the church or ecclesia is synonymous to fellowship. Okay? So that's our conclusion. So we cannot take away fellowship from doing church. Okay? If you do church, there must be fellowship. There must be fellowship. If you fellowship, okay, and you're all Christians, and that's the church a get-together of, uh, of um, believers. believers. So church fellowship is essential according to God and according to the Bible. So this is our last slide. Again, the church is called to fellowship. Fellowship, church, church, fellowship. You cannot do church without fellowship. And you, uh, when, when we fellowship as, uh, as a church... As a church <laughs> it's called what in Greek? Ecclesia. Okay, so by understanding the definition alone of fellowship and ecclesia, we understand that uh, fellowship is indispensable. Indispensable, right? It is indispensable. You cannot take that out one, uh, that, that one out, okay? Um, so the church is called to fellowship. That's on-site, not online. Uh, but times like this, we can do it online. But it's not enough. It is not enough. Okay? Um, we had a good, wonderful worship 
this morning, okay, like how we used to, I mean, we, we, we've been doing uh, online worship for how long already? Since, Since October last year. And it's good. We can worship, but yes, we can worship. At least we can worship God in our residence. But it's different. When the church gather together, physical gathering, okay, and worship. That's what you remember Pharaoh. I mean, you remember Moses, okay, he, uh, and, and Aaron. They told Pharaoh, let my people go. God said, let my people go so they may Worship. Worship me in the wilderness. It's a gathering of God's people. God is looking for those who will worship Him in spirit and in truth. He wants us to gather corporately. Remember Havra. Okay. If the church is an assembly of believers or a congregation of the called out ones, then the church cannot play its expected role we can the church cannot play its role or perform its du duties without the gathering of the saints we have to meet as a church to be the church that god called us to be because the job's not done so again we're back with reconnect assemble and serve so we have teams uh, geographically, geographically, we divided Davao uh, into four, actually five parts. We have north, south, east, west, and the center. The center, but as of the moment, uh, I think we have three working uh, to 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 uh, recruit for the team members or a committee or a core group who will. Uh, who will uh, as, uh, assemble or who will um, help uh, organize a community-based church. Again, in Hebrew, they call it Havura. Okay? <laughs> they call it Havura. It's a small group or community. Uh, it's a church. It's ecclesia. It's a fellowship. <laughs> mm. Okay? Um, so... Um, Hallelujah. Therefore, the church, uh, uh, Matthew chapter 9.35. Okay, let me read that. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. 36. When Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, to, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest. Now, why would Jesus do that? And why would Jesus give that command for his disciples to pray to the Holy Spirit, to the Lord of the harvest, to send out workers to the harvest, harvest field? Okay, for one, they don't have internet. Okay, understandable. Okay, so... But that's why maybe they have to go. But more than that, go back to verse 36. It, sa it says, when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. Why? Why? Because they were harassed and helpless. So the enemy is working so hard. Okay? That's why uh, we have trials of many kinds. We face trials and people hurt us. They hurt us because... The enemy wanted everyone, you know, mm -hmm. to get hurt and, and, and to feel pain and, and, and be crippled and, and not function properly. That's the work of the enemy. The thief comes but to kill, steal, and destroy. And so when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless. So what do they need? They were like what? Ships, Ships without shepherd. What do they need? What do they need? Verse 37. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. They, we need workers. We need people. We need people who will uh, commit to this uh, work, to this mission. Okay? And he said, ask the Lord the harvest to send out workers to the harvest. Meaning to say, this is a physical meeting. This is not online meeting. You have to be there. You have to, to be with the people, okay? On site. On site. That's fellowship right there. 
You need somebody to, you know, unless you're a crazy person, you, if, unless you're insane, you can talk to yourself by yourself, laugh, and, you know, unless, of course, I'm not, uh, I'm not referring to those people who are interceding and praying to God and talking to God. What I'm trying to say is this. We are people, we were made for relationships, we are created for a community. That's why we have the church, especially for those who are di displaced, those who were abandoned, discouraged. discouraged, those who don't have parents, those who, who were rejected, neglected, abandoned, orphaned. orphaned. Okay? We have the church. Okay? Or, or, or a foster home or, or family or whatever. But the church is there. It's for the lonely, for the solitary. Okay? Why? Because in a church, there is what? Fellowship. Fellowship. That is what we need. You, you, you know, now, if you go down, if you break it down, okay, we have church, we have fellowship. Break it down, the church, into uh, smaller groups. You will find families. Families are dysfunctional without fellowship. Do you believe that? It's the same way. It's this. It works same way. Okay, whether in a in a one family unit or in a bigger uh, scale, it's the same. Every uh, gathering must there must be a fellowship. <laughs> okay, um, Hallelujah, Amen. So, so here's the thing. So the church is called to fellowship. Meaning to say, everyone is a participant. If you belong to uh, to Maranatha Family Church, you should participate. You are a participant. Alright? Uh, church is not designed to be non-relational. Okay? The church is designed to be a relational one. Not a digital or, or to be an, uh, uh, an, uh, an information stuck in the internet somewhere out there. Okay? So... Uh, online church cannot replace the biblical church because biblical church means means to say it's tangible okay right. what do we mean by that we were made to see one another in the physical in the physical so i was made to see my wife okay i was made to we were made to see each other we were made to hear each other we were made to to what to touch to feel one another, right? To interact with each other. To encourage one another, as Hebrews chapter 10 mentioned. To appreciate, to honor one another. To, to, to affirm, yes, to affirm one another. Okay? So, we were created for community. That's why church and fellowship are synonymous. They're the same. Okay? Um, we were made for God and we were made to complement each other in a Havurut setting. We cannot do ministry to one another if we're doing it online. Okay, but if we are gathered it's in one place, one it's yes, because it's going to be one way. Uh, even if it's uh, via like a Zoom or, you know, we can see each other, but you see, uh, there, there is a gap. You know, sometimes, you know, when we do Zoom, sometimes we, I, I'm talking to <laughs> to people, but they're not replying back. And you see, <laughs> uh, understandable. Sometimes uh, we, we lost connection. But anyway, back to our previous questions, okay, when we, uh, when we first started this um, uh, message. Can we do biblical church without fellowshipping with each other? The answer is no. No. Now we have an answer. It's a no, no, no. Because church and fellowship are synonymous. Our emotional needs cannot be met. Okay? Even if we do 24-7 online church. Because we need to connect. Okay? Connect with one another, not connect with the internet. Yes, that's right, that's right. Thank you for, for making that clear, okay? So, uh, the other question was, which is more essential, attending church worship service or fellowshipping with our church mates? Both. Both, okay? It's both. 
So we must be there from the beginning to end. Okay, everyone's presence is a blessing. Okay, so the church, the church need to meet. Okay, the church need to feed. I mean, uh, spiritual nourishment. Okay, we, we read scriptures. The church need to grow together, to bear fruit, to spur one another towards love and good deeds. Okay, encourage, to train, to mobilize, to send. Uh, to, to teach, to preach the gospel, to make disciples. Amen? So we need to meet. Okay? The other thing is this. Uh, I think it, this is also found in the Ephesus, uh, one in Corinthians. Anyway, it says the church need to meet because it's a place where we give our contribution, right? To contribute, to collect funds for the work of the Lord. To supply the needs of those who were called to the frontline mission ministry. Remember, the church is God's primary instrument to reach the world, okay, for Christ and must be mobilized for such purposes. That's why we have the world mission course, okay, that is being taught in the church so that the church can also give financially, not just support or intercede but also give financially okay because the church is the seed bed for all missionaries okay without missionaries philippines will not be christianized okay S some people christians from a foreign land brought the bible brought the gospel here so again the ch but, but that's the church from another country okay so the church is the seedbed for, seed for all missionaries and the sending force behind all missionaries sent to the mission field. So remember, church is essential because we cannot fulfill the Great Commission if you remove the church. Okay? The church must be there. Fellowship must be there so that we can uh, uh, fulfill God's call for us. That's it for today's episode. Thank you for joining us. Keep in touch with us via Facebook by going to facebook.com slash mfcdvo or search for Maranatha Family Church Davo on Facebook, where we also stream our church services. Again, that's facebook.com slash mfcdvo. God bless.